welcome to the Ladies Countryside Community podcast. Today we have Tracy with us. Hi, Tracy. Hello, Sophie. Hi, Tracy. Do you want to just explain a little bit about where you live and what you do? Certainly. Um, my name's Tracy. I live in France, <laughs> but I haven't always lived here. Um, I lived in the UK, all over the UK, but most recently in Suffolk, down in the southeast. Um, and three years ago, we made the epic move to France. We uprooted everything. We gave up our jobs. We sold a house. We uprooted and we landed here in southwest France in the Charente region. Um, it was really the result of a dream that um, quite unbelievably really had had been on the go for, I think, almost 30 years. Um, and we eventually found a way to make it happen. Um, and here we are three years on. Fab. So what was the what was the first idea that, that came to that? Right. France is where I need to be. I think it was a result of we have two two daughters and when they were little we were both teachers at the time and we every school holiday we would come over to France for a holiday for every summer or Easter or both <laughs> and each time we explored a, a new part of any another part yet another part of France and we just kind of fell in love with it um, and at the time we when our girls were little about sort of six and seven we really wanted to do it then when the girls were little we loved the idea of them growing up by and you know immersing into the French kind of culture um, but at that time it was uh, pre was definitely pre working from home it was very early internet days so you know the sticking point for us was how do we make a living because we knew we wanted to live rurally we knew that for sure um, but how do we make a living and then you know in recent years our, our girls are now sort of 29 30 31 yeah. so you know around age so um, <clears throat> we uh yeah now that they're grown-ups and it's just back to the two of us um we got to the point where we said shall we shan't we and we deliberated over it a whole lot when it kind of became possible we then kind of it's it's strange isn't it with a dream you know you kind of dream of something when it actually becomes possible it's like oh my god it's actually really scary like shall we shan't we um <laughs> but the deciding thing after lots of deliberation house hunting changing our minds was how would we feel if we didn't do it? Like, will we be sitting back in however many years wishing we'd done it? And we felt like that would be the worst thing of all. So we decided at that point we'd go for it and we'd just see what happens. No, <laughs> pretty nice. I think you've got to look into it like that avenue with any sort of big jump in your life. What a great <laughs> attitude to have. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. It is, it is a big step, but I think if you're going to make any change in your life, you have to be prepared for upheaval of course um you have to be prepared also for it not necessarily to be a smooth ride and um you know we've landed in a beautiful place we're incredibly lucky but there have been bumps along the way and you expect that it's kind of all part of the challenge um yeah what um yeah. what sort of bumps have you hit on the way if you don't mind me asking yeah no i i don't mind you asking at all we uh, <laughs> I, I think all of the bumps we've hit have kind of come back to language because we each arrived here with schoolboy, schoolgirl french uh we've been having lessons and we're you know we're get, we're getting there but for example in uh week two of arriving here we had a car accident and oh, we gosh. were no one was hurt but we um we actually hit a motorcyclist luckily he wasn't hurt either but uh, which is the main thing but then we were suddenly in a thrown into a situation where we've got the french motorcyclist we've got the french police we've got we've got to phone insurance insurance we'd only just set up just about managed that with suddenly another next level of french isn't it <laughs> 
exactly and we're, and then dealing with the you know the tow truck guy and and it wasn't just language language was a massive thing but it was also um we then realized that you know there's a different way of doing things for example we, we expected the tow truck guy we were three hours from home we expected him to turn up and put us on the back of his tow truck and tow us home but oh no he strapped our car up with gaffer tape and said get on the road <laughs> Why about three hours at 30 miles an hour? Brilliant. <laughs> um, but, you know, at that, it's, it's at moments like that. I mean, in that situation, the police didn't speak any English or anything. There was, there was no one. But they were incredibly helpful and they phoned our insurance company for us. You know, you do, oh, you good, do yeah. meet a kind situation. You know, people, yeah, you do meet such kindness, um, which is absolutely wonderful. So we've had quite a few incidents like that. Um, yeah, we've especially in the early days, we'd often be having to go, let's say, to the tax office to sort something out and be sitting in the car before walking in with Google Translate, practicing Planning out what you're going to say. And practicing the phrase. And that's all very well. But what you don't reckon on is then what comes back, you know, <laughs> yeah. what comes back at you. So um, that's been a challenge. And one of the most challenging things actually is speak is still is speaking on the phone. It's hard to grasp, isn't it? I've tried. I've been over there, and if you're face to face with someone, you can get the gist of what they're saying with body language and actions and stuff like that. But on the phone, and they speak so fast as well. Yes, one of the biggest helps to us, actually, apart from our French lessons, has so our our, our house was the farmhouse for this big farm, and then the the family sold off the farmhouse with its garden. And but there are a couple of farmers here who still manage the land, and the it's a father and son. And the father is, um, he speaks not a word of English, but he's the most patient man and he loves a chat. Yeah. So we very often have wonderful chats over the fence with the farmer. Oh, that's nice. I don't always understand what he's saying, but I get the gist <laughs> of it. But he doesn't understand that I don't understand, I think. And, he's <laughs> and he loves to talk about politics and, and you know, uh, the, the state of the country and all this sort of thing. And, it's good to practice. <laughs> good practice yeah and we actually also managed to have a really good laugh as well so I think that's really lovely yeah I think people have like a perception that French are arrogant or whatever but if you just even try and speak a word of French then they're like Mm -hmm. yes brilliant like say it like this like they'll try and correct you and help you out and they're, they're just grateful for you to try aren't they so true and I think you know when you're when you're the uh, the Brit coming to France, it's just so important that you don't have that expectation that everyone can speak English, that you yeah. do, you know, you do try. Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, tell us about your house as well. You've had it in a, for how long have you had the house for? for? Uh, well, we bought it in December 17. We bought it, uh, we signed the final uh, Ash de Vente, it's called, it's like the final like completion on about the 22nd of December. And we came over here with our daughter and her partner as we signed in the, and we stayed here for the first Christmas. So that was December 17. Um, at that point, we, we'd we moved only half our stuff over, we're still working. We spent the coldest Christmas of our lives, but the most <laughs> Well, the most fun and adventurous Christmas. We walked around the house most of the time with hot water bottles stuffed down oh. our trousers because it was so cold. Um, so tell us then, about... Sorry, go on. No, then eventually we moved in permanently the following August in 2018. So three years. Lovely. So tell us about the state of the house. So as you bought it, what was it like? 
Well, <laughs> that's a, a good question because we uh, spent all our house hunting time saying we didn't want a renovation. <laughs> and even when we moved in, we weren't aware <laughs> really that we'd bought a renovation. And maybe in some people's eyes, it wasn't. I mean, the previous owners had it for four years and had done some major work on it. They'd done the roof, they'd done, we thought the plumbing and the electrics, as it turned out, some of the plumbing and some of the electrics. Um, <laughs> and uh, they put in new windows, which is a, a huge asset. So uh, tell me a bit about your renovation project uh, that wasn't meant to be a renovation project. <laughs> well, after the very cold winter we'd had the previous uh, Christmas, we oh, the obvious first thing to do was to put in central heating. When we viewed the house, they said, oh, yeah, we have these two wood burners either side of the house and it heats the whole house. But in reality, it, it didn't quite work like that. So we put in um, air source heat pump, um, which has been absolutely amazing. Absolutely love it. And it instantly actually made the house feel so warm, um, like literally warm. The, the house is, uh, and that's the thing actually, uh, I really should have mentioned probably that when we when we viewed the house, um, we'd actually already seen 39 other houses over oh the, and we were on the point of giving up thinking that what we wanted just didn't exist because we'd never walked into a house and got that feeling, you know, that kind of heart feeling. Mm. There were lots of like houses that were right on paper. We just weren't feeling it. And we came close to buying a couple of times that we, we realized now would have been so wrong. But the moment we walked into this house, I, I, I felt like I could have just walked into the hallway and said, it's fine. I don't need to see any of the rest of it. I'll just oh, buy it. That's nice. It just was a feeling. It has, it has a soul to it. A really lovely soul. Yeah, to this. It's a gorgeous house, isn't it? And it, mm -hmm. it's a big house, but I think yeah. that you've done, like you've done the rooms up so nicely that sometimes I, suppose, I guess in winter you could shut them off is that kind of your plan that you can yes only do heat do what you need exactly we do that upstairs because half of it is actually a bnb &B and uh, half of it we live in upstairs yeah i think actually potentially um, and in fact i think our girls uh, said this a little bit later on is that they found it quite spooky the house <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> it's old but i guess it just yeah. depends on uh well it depends if you feel safe in it all right but it's yeah. a beautiful house <laughs> But I think that's one of the things that heating it and giving it heating has, has really done is like it's made it just feel so comfortable and warm. Yeah. yeah. So there was the heating and then we've had, yeah, um, doing, uh, we realised, you know, there are areas of the house that actually didn't have safe electrics. Um, I think it's the thing in France actually where maybe in the UK, if you go into an, an old house and the electrics need doing, you tend to do the whole house. In France, they tend to do just the bits that really need doing. So you end up with quite a hodgepodge. Um, <laughs> so that was a bit of a surprise. Um, what else have we done? We've built terraces out the back. Uh, we've knocked walls down. <laughs> we've opened up windows. We've put windows in the attic. The attic is at the moment undeveloped. Um, it's a massive dream of ours to do that, but um, it just had chicken wire in the oh. window frames up there. So it's a bit chilly. <laughs> so that was quite a priority so yeah lots of things lots and lots of decorating lots of painting we pulled off the whole of the rendering off the front of the house we had to actually because it was really damp mm -hmm. and we expected that we would take the rendering off and re-render it but when we pulled the rendering off we found the most gorgeous limestone I mean we knew it was built in limestone but the guy who did it said there is a you know it's probably built with bits of limestone and rubble 
<laughs> but actually when we pulled the front off the face we found the most beautiful limestone and had it pointed and it just looks like a completely different house now it does it, it's transformed it like it's just amazing yeah. isn't it it was it's a beautiful big house but then to have it with the with the stone the original stone is just yeah. stunning uh, it really is nice. Yes. Yeah, and actually that, that old render in the winter when it got wet, it would literally go black. Oh, really? So it did look very spooky. Yeah. <laughs> it's not spooky anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the ghosts are very friendly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fabulous. Well, obviously um, our listeners are always into the countryside. So uh, where mm-hmm. you live is uh, is pretty much in the middle of nowhere isn't it in terms of obviously France is very big and there's a lot of places that are full of countryside um mm. but um my parents have got a house just down the road from you guys haven't mm. they so I, I'm well aware of how much in the middle of nowhere we are yeah. um how do you find like getting about or um doing things do, do you find do you have countryside sort of interest and that kind of thing yeah, I mean, uh, the countryside has been an absolute joy. And like, I knew that we were coming to live rural. We always love the countryside. So we aim to live rural. I'm getting around, you just adapt to it. You know, we have, we're one, we're in a tiny hamlet of about half a dozen houses. We're one kilometer from a small village. We're seven kilometers from the nearest supermarket. But you know, you just adapt. You have to have a car, of course. Um, but in terms of the countryside, it's been an absolute surprise and joy as to how rich the countryside is here and you know for example we have two families of owls living in our barn we have a family of barn owls they they have their young here every year and recently discovered a family of little owls who are young here and have been giving flying lessons in the evenings (laughs) it's just absolutely lovely we have the most incredible bird life as you'll know we have the uh, the Gru, what is that in English? The Gru. Um, don't know. They're a bit like herons, but they're all geese, but they're not. I'll come back to me in a minute. But they they fly uh, north and south. <laughs> um, so you get, um, we should get it quite soon, actually. They'll be flying back uh, for the winter to avoid the winter yeah. um, in their drones. And you just like hear this little noise, you look up and you see like hundreds and thousands of oh, them. Oh, wow. They are absolutely amazing. I still can't think what the English word is for groove, but I'll try and remember it. It'll come to you like in the middle of the night. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I've seen uh, black squirrels. In fact, we have a resident black squirrel. We have uh, the partridge family who (laughs) who visited when they're young. I mean, it's so rich. It's incredible. Yeah, and it is is farmland, isn't it, where where the house is? And and you say you get on with the farmer really well. They, they also have like a local shoot as well don't they so um i can't think what they call it now the chasse that's the one yeah so it's it's is it quite similar have you ever been to one of the days or seen them around it's i'd say it's very different to the hunt in the uk in that it's not a sort of um uh how can i put it it's certain they're certainly not as well dressed let's put it up. <laughs> they're not on horseback um they do they go out with their packs of dogs and hunt mostly boar but also um deer and i'm sure other things as well and it's um interesting because culturally it's a very it's 
absolutely a core part of the community. So the chefs have, hold real, um, people have real respect for them in the community. I've not witnessed any um, sort of anti, you know, chefs things going on. I don't know that, it's not to say they're not going on, but um, uh, when you're out, I mean, I love walking and I've, t I've been, I walk so much more since I've uh, lived here and walking is so good here, you know, that it's pretty, free in terms of where you can go but occasionally you will come across a sign that says you know don't don't go any further the chasse um the chasse are around so you have to be a little bit vigilant but um yeah but uh i mean there are you know sometimes reports of the chasse being a little careless with their guns yeah, I was going to say, health, health and safety yeah. is their number one priority out there. They literally, like, put a blue little string out of the of the land yeah. that they're in, and you've got to hope not to bump into them or hope that they've put the string in the right place. I know, exactly, yes. I did go out one Christmas Eve or Boxing Day or something with some sparkly reindeer antlers on and went out for a walk, and somebody thought that was maybe not such a great idea. <laughs> Get mistaken. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> so um obviously with what's what's next with the plans with the house do you have you got any of the plans what's, what's we've next? got lots of, we've got we're at the point where we've got lots of things we'd love to do we'd love to convert the attic because by so we've we've recently opened up as a, a one suite kind of chambre d'hote which has been great we'd love to open up a second suite which means us moving up into the attic uh, we're just at the point of costing that up we've also got a huge range of barns and we've got We've got all the idea, you know, none of the gear, I think is the term, isn't it? <laughs> it all takes time. Just need, what you've done on the house is huge and obviously it takes time and it's costly as well. So it's all just in, in good time, isn't it? So, no, fabulous. Yeah. How have you found it being so, because um, it is quite isolated through COVID, how have you found that? It's been an interesting one through COVID. It's been on one hand very, very hard, on the other hand, very easy. So I, I suppose it's obvious, you know, it's been very hard in terms of feeling so far away from family. And, you know, one of the things when we were just weighing up whether to move here, in my mind was as long as we could get back to family in a day, like if we can get a flight, we'd get in the car, we'd drive there, we'd be there, you know, within half a day or whatever, 24 hours or whatever. Yeah fine but obviously when covid hit that wasn't possible so that was a very tough time obviously um but on the other hand we were very so very lucky to be in a place where self you know isolation or uh, lockdown was not such a great difference to normal life yeah. <laughs> um yeah and we felt very protected here um things were very very strict in france um for the most part and we i mean it's very surreal and weird but we had to carry papers with us even if we went out for a walk in the countryside we had to carry papers we couldn't go more than a kilometer we couldn't stay out for more than an hour all of that you know and they were really very hot on checking as much as they could there were you know the gendarmes were were very much in in evidence so yeah, it's been a, a, a real kind of um, mix of, on the one hand, you know, we do feel so fortunate and, and have been very lucky through that time. But on the other hand, just the harshness of not being able to be with family has been very hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a, of a mixture, a bit of a roller coaster, isn't it? I think for, for everyone, but in terms yeah. when you're not able to see your family or so far, when normally you could just hop on a flight or as you say yeah. drive with determination but um 
<laughs> yeah but yeah. at least we've been fortunate enough to sort of have the internet and and that sort of thing you've been oh, doing you've been doing your bake-offs haven't you with your daughter yeah. That's one way we felt that we could connect. We both love baking and eating cakes. So we had a, I think initially it was a weekly one. Yes. And then we kind of, as we as the waistline was increasing, we had to, <laughs> we had to make them a little less frequent, but yeah. So I would, my daughter who lives in Manchester and we would have a live bake off together. That's it's brilliant. Fun. It's such a good idea. <laughs> great fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fabulous well thank you very much tracy it's been so lovely to catch up with you and chatting with you and hearing all about your adventures in france thank you very much and um i, I must say that i really love what ladies countryside community is, is doing and the website and the, and the idea of connecting people it's wonderful and oh good thank luck with you it. thank you very much thank you for listening to the ladies countryside community podcast you can find us over on Facebook and Instagram and on our dedicated platform at www.ladiescountrysidecommunity.co.uk.